This podcast is sponsored by Position Green. To be an insider, you can subscribe to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable, wherever you get your podcasts from. And please leave us a five-star rating. Welcome to the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. Each and every podcast, hosts Mike Niemer and Greg Frank will bring you energy experts to help you better understand the renewable and sustainability space. Education's important to us because it's important to you, the listener. Now, here's Mike Niemer and Greg Frank. It is another edition of the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. My name is Greg Frank, although you're not going to hear a whole lot of me on this episode as I'm sitting this one out. Let's kick things over to Ann Niemer, eRenewable COO. Ann's always our leadoff hitter on the podcast. And then we'll get to Mike and his guest on this episode. Position Green helps companies build resilient and sustainable organizations. Position Green has a unique combination of ESG software, advisory, e-learning, and assurance that drives sustainability success and empowers positive change. Visit positiongreen.com to learn more. Today on episode 204, we have John Bourne with Three Degrees, the Senior Director of Agriculture. John, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for having me. It's been my pleasure. Uh, today, we're going to discuss your role in agriculture, you know, the scope three and emissions and everything within that market. We've not had anybody talking about agriculture uh, that wasn't related to renewable natural gas. We've had a couple of those on, so we've heard about dairy farms on the show. So we're looking forward to your conversation. But before we get into the reason we're here, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, then also about Three Degrees? Sure. Thanks. Happy to. And thanks again for having me, Mike. So yeah, so a little bit about myself. Well, I run the agriculture offering here at Three Degrees. And Three Degrees, we're a global decarbonization company that helps um, companies and their customers take urgent action on climate change. And a little bit about myself, I actually got my start in the energy industry, the renewable energy industry. So about 20 years ago, I joined the solar industry and I was going door to door selling home solar in New Mexico and kind of learned the hard way of some of the challenges of that. And I really got to join that industry in that in the early phases where um, there was a lot of skeptics. A lot of the market mechanisms were still getting uh, really built out and defined. And I, I really got to see that uh, industry evolve. And I was in that industry for about 10 years, sold a company I developed in that industry. And during that my time off, I decided to make a switch into agriculture. I was always really interested in uh, natural systems and I was a passionate, I am a passionate gardener and um, just always really interested in agriculture. And so I, I joined the agriculture industry about, yeah, like about eight, nine years ago, first in uh, from an investment uh, capacity. And then I joined a tech startup that was doing AI and remote sensing, so imagery using satellites and drones and planes to image agricultural fields, and really became passionate about the opportunities in agriculture. Um, I love agriculture. I love how complex it is. There's no single solution. Every single crop, every single region, there's so much variation, um, and that's just really exciting for me. Um, So yeah, so I've been really passionate about agriculture and opportunities within ag, to um, reduce and um, really regenerate our natural uh, natural systems. Well, you know, people don't really realize it, but 
when you think about the futures market, agriculture and the wheat market and everything has been around, I'm going to guess, 170 plus years uh, as opposed to the oil industry that didn't start till 1980 on the futures market. So this is a long established market. And so it'll be interesting to hear what you're going to say on what the uh, ag market's doing with regards to sustainability and where they kind of fit in the scale of some of those other markets on how they're treating uh, the sustainable world and establishing a, a better ESG for themselves. Yeah. I mean, every time I go out on a farm, I'm not really a farmer myself. But every time I go out on a farm, I learn something new about crops or how to grow things or the natural world. And, and farmers really are incredibly sustainability minded. It's just that they run a business first and foremost. And it's just been very interesting to see the markets evolve to incentivize them so they don't have to bear the cost and the risk of doing a lot of the practices and the things they really want to do. Um, so yeah, I'm always learning uh, from farmers and and um, and really enjoy that aspect of my job. Yeah, and as you're speaking about the in incentives and everything for the farmers, uh, you know the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, they came out with a lot of things that I think will probably help that agriculture space. Uh, if that's if my understanding is correct, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right, Mike. There's a, a number of programs right now, many of which are are ran through the USDA to really kickstart these markets, especially these carbon agricultural and um, natural system carbon markets. And yeah, it reminds me very much of where the renewable energy space was about eight, 10 years ago. Um, and I'm pretty excited to watch it as it takes off over the coming years ahead. Well, you know, like so many industries, everybody with regards to the ESG score having to deal with scope three okay talk about the supply chain the emissions that the ag market's going through with regards to scope three whether you're food and beverage or dairy you know how are you seeing that played out in the market right now yeah sure so just just for some um you know some level setting for the for um folks here you know a lot of the a lot of the energy in decarbonization has been focused on scope one and scope two. Scope one being, you know, direct emissions and scope two being emissions that occur from uh, purchased electricity primarily. So a lot of the focus has been on that. And, and that's true for three degrees too. So three degrees has, uh, you know, over 20 year old business uh, really has built a, a really strong foundation in delivering scope one and scope two solutions to uh, large clients. And that's often in the form of helping them procure energy, uh, renewable energy, and helping them measure and, and uh, take action against that. Um, but there's been this movement over the last couple of years to really focus on scope three. And there's there's a number of things that are driving that. Well, what, first and foremost, scope three for many companies tends to be the largest source of their emissions. And, and sorry, just to, to be clear, scope three uh, emissions is really um, the emissions that are the consequence of an organization's activities that aren't owned or controlled by that organization. So if I am a food brand and I sell yogurt, let's say, at a, you know, a retail store, I'm selling yogurt, my scope three emissions would be heavily based on the emissions from the um, production of that yogurt, aka the cows, and some of the emissions that come from cows and feed, but I don't directly control that. That's not my business. That's that's my supplier's business. 
Um, so scope three is inherently a little more complex, um, but there's been a lot of focus on scope three the last couple of years. And that's primarily because the majority of emissions within a supply chain tend to be in that scope three. But that's also because of um, you know, you know, more structural changes that have occurred. So one is the science-based target initiative has begun requiring companies to set targets within their scope three, specifically flag targets, which is um, um, uh, really relevant to food brands. That's the forest, land, and agriculture targets. Um, and then, and then there's been a lot of this evolution that's come from the, these. So yeah, so scope three is a real focus, and insetting is a an example of an activity that a company can do to address their scope three emissions. If that makes sense, that does make sense. And so, uh, you know, we don't hear a lot about the words you just used, insetting, with regards to what companies are trying to do. Can you better define that for the listeners? Because no one's used that term on our show before. Yes. Yeah, so I think maybe listeners are familiar with the idea of carbon offsets. A uh, company by, that maybe in the oil and gas industry want, um, has a climate neutrality goal or, or wants to make climate um, uh, uh, claims and will often do that by buying an offset, perhaps um, an offset in, in the, the developing world uh, around forestry or um, something that's maybe not directly related to their business, um, but still has a verified emission reduction tied to it. And they are purchasing that so they can make that claim. Insetting is kind of like that, but it's all within a company's supply chain. So if I'm a, a yogurt brand, I would purchase a greenhouse gas reduction from an activity that happened within my supply chain. So, so basically the, the definition that I like to go with for insets are they're verified greenhouse gas emission reductions within a company's own value chain, often financed, often paid for by downstream companies. Well, that's very, very interesting. Uh, I've never heard a phrase like that. So uh, hopefully the listeners enjoyed that definition. So thank you, John, for that. You know, um, as we all talk going forward in any industry, we all hear about net zero, trying to get to net zero. And we also hear people talking about real zero. And real zero is really difficult to, to achieve, okay? It's not going to be those that want to be green by 2030 at 100%. It's not going to be real zero. It'll be net zero by using some carbon offset of some kind. When I talk to municipalities and CNI customers, you know, I hear 2030, 2040, 2050 is some of their goals. In the ag space, are their goals kind of the same target timeframes as what I'm hearing in the other markets? Yes, absolutely. So um, that 2050 is, is really that key date uh, for, for net zero commitments. Um, but before that, uh, uh, there's 2030 goals as well. So the food and bev space and the apparel space, uh, places with you know large agricultural supply chains, they're they're operating on that same time frame as well. Correct. Got it. Um, are you seeing anything new or different to the agricultural space with regards to reducing emissions? Are they doing anything differently than other industries? I think what's so exciting about agriculture is the diversity of intervention types. 
So for example, in energy, there's a couple key technologies that folks are, are, are looking at to drive those emission reductions, ones that we already know, solar, wind, you know, things like that. There's definitely um, exciting developments, but the vast majority of the, the market is um, focused on a couple key technologies. In agriculture, the sources of greenhouse gas emissions and the opportunities to remove CO2 from the atmosphere too, are really diverse. So just within, you know, just within row crop agriculture or corn growing, for example, there's there's emissions from a number of different sources, from the fertilizer to the on-farm activities to, you know, there's just many, many different types of emission sources. And what that means is there's many different types of projects and interventions that we can do to reduce those emissions. So, so yes, we're seeing a lot of new types of projects coming online. And so are those projects ones that the, the agriculture market is going to have a carbon credit from a specific project? Or is that project directly related to that user themselves? Well, I think... The, the, the projects can be directly related to the users, and that's really where insetting is so exciting. So, so a great example of this is um, Three Degrees recently developed um, projects uh, for manure management, a set of projects for manure management. And if, you know, two or three years ago, there these projects types didn't really exist. And, and that's because there weren't methodologies to use to really quantify and verify and measure and prove reductions. And now, and now there are. So, and there also weren't really the technologies to even do the work. Um, in the case of one of our projects recently, uh, it's considered a, a manure solid separation project. So it's a basically taking manure and running it, cow manure, and running it through a vermifiltration. So a worm-based nature-based filtration mechanism technology that removes much of the volatile solids and hugely reduces the amount of um, a greenhouse gases that are emitted into the atmosphere in, in so doing. So this is a new type of technology, a new type of methodology to measure how and, and prove how much uh, greenhouse gas was avoided by um, implementing this, and, and then basically sold down the value chain to milk uh, uh, and dairy brands. Um, this is all very new um, and, and it's very exciting stuff. When they sell that to the milk and dairy brands, what are they using that product for? When they sell the inset to the milk yes. and dairy brands? Well, yeah. they're using that product to hit their um, goals and to make claims around carbon, uh, you know, carbon emissions reductions. So they're using it to in their accounting of their greenhouse gas inventories to show reductions vis-a-vis -vis maybe their competitors or their, you know, based on their goals. And they're also using it in their marketing to basically show that they are taking action within their own supply chains to reduce carbon emissions. Man, that's incredible. So, uh, John, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, what other stuff's going on at Three Degrees and within your ag group that you'd like to tell the listeners about? 
Yeah, I mean, Three Degrees, we're a diverse decarbonization company, and, and insetting is one part of our broader Scope 3 offerings. And and within Scope 3, we do a ton of different things. We measure and we do carbon uh, GSG inventories. We strategize on how to reduce. We engage suppliers. We help procure energy down the supply chain. You know, we're doing so many different things. So, um, it's yeah, it's really been a pleasure to, to talk with you, uh, Mike. And if you uh, want to learn more on this topic, I'll be on a panel at the Verge Conference in San Jose on October 24th, where I'll be discussing this topic and sharing some exciting work Three Degrees did um, is doing on behalf of Land Lakes and Truterra and would, uh, yeah, happy to continue the conversation at that point. Ladies and gentlemen, John Bourne from Three Degrees. If you happen to see John at the Verge, please make sure you tell him that you listen to him on the Green Insider. That'd be much appreciated. John, thank you for joining us today on the Green Insider Powered Be Renewable, episode 204. Have a great day. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. This podcast was sponsored by Position Green. For an introduction to our sponsor or find out how you too could be a sponsor, refer to our show notes to contact eRenewable and the Green Insider podcast.